in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. the time of year where the weather's so good it's it's warming up you can go outside do a ton of activities and in this pandemic quarantine time it's like so needed to be able to just escape outside it's beautiful out here how is is it too hot in california are you doing all right um it is actually raining outside right now oh well um, shoot <laughs> yeah, I, I had we, this uh... whole nice weather intro and then <laughs> you're like it's uh, it's raining though it was really nice <laughs> Through yesterday, and then today the wind picked up, some clouds rolled in, and we're going to have kind of on and off showers over here mm, for a little bit. Tough, but, um, tough. I do want to point out, Dallin, because next time we will record, the date will have passed. Happy two-year anniversary, my friend. Oh, Our my gosh. Our first episode was May 13th, 2018. It is now May 11th. So Holy cow. Might as well get that in. Yes, happy two-year anniversary. That is crazy, man. That is crazy. I did not realize that that was coming up. Well, we get started. Our first episode was exactly what we're going to talk about today. So that's right. I, like, I wonder how close that was, to that. and it is two days from now. Would have been two years ago exactly. We started. That so. is crazy because that is the time of year that we're in, Mitch. And every year we get in this mood. We get the NFL schedule, and we're just ready for some football. So we start looking ahead, and we start trying to make some predictions and stake some claims on some teams and give some takes, and that's. What we're going to be doing today with our way too early NFL predictions, we've used playoffpredictors.com as we always have to play out every game, you know, predict winners of every game, give a whole look at the season. And ultimately, we're going to give you some uh, Super Bowl, way too early Super Bowl predictions as well. But uh, yeah, that is crazy, Mitch, that two years and we were doing this exact same thing. Exactly. And I think even last year, we timed it up perfect for our one year anniversary. Yeah, we probably did. Are way too early. Um, yeah, this is that time of year where you're really starting to itch now. Like, serious football withdrawals. You kind of have a little bit of a draft hangover, and you're ready to keep talking football. A little bit of hair of the dog, if you will, to kind of keep that football buzz rolling. Um, and, of course, as you know, in our way too early NFL predictions, we're always right. Like of we course. Are spot on in everything we say. We haven't missed one yet. Um no, I'm kidding. This is the time of year that we uh, we be incredibly wrong, like astronomically incorrect about everything we say. So yeah, I'd be curious. Be a I, lot of fun. I ought to look, listen back to last year's and see how wrong we were that 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 time. Because I definitely know that going into the season, I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. I think maybe even win the Super Bowl. And uh, looking back, I, obviously I was wrong there, but uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see I what remember, we were saying actually, in May. 
I did pick the Super Bowl winner. I do remember that. I had the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Their opponent, though, I think I had picked the Chicago Bears. Oh, yep. And I couldn't have been uh, <laughs> couldn't have been more wrong with that one. I actually, I think, I hundred percent think that's what happened. Yep, that sounds familiar. Yep. So there you go. All right, uh, yeah. So look forward to that, guys. We're we're gonna be giving you uh, all all kinds of good stuff here, uh, breaking down uh, what could potentially. Uh, what we could be seeing in the fall. Uh, before we do that, Mitch, I uh, I've got a little, got a little thing bringing back a little uh, idea that we have done in the past. A uh, forgotten all star. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't have any daddy's favorites to give out, you know, because there's no sports going on. Uh, though I could give you things like uh, my fa- the my favorite movie that I watched or music. Uh, but I don't have any of that. What I have today is a forgotten all-star, so that's what we're going to do. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, dust that thing off, man. It's been a while since we've done that. So, uh, so Mitch, you've, you've been watching The Last Dance, right? Yeah. Yep. Enjoy, enjoying The Last Dance. Did you Have you watched the, la- the recent two episodes, seven and eight, that came out Sunday night? No, that will be uh, that's on my watch list for uh, this evening. When gotcha. We're, uh, done recording. So you're gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. It is fantastic. It is very good. Uh, I, I've been enjoying this. I I don't watch it live, but I watch it later that night. Um, and uh, I I'm just excited. I'm excited to watch this end, Mitch. But I'm also gonna be really disappointed when it ends. Because I'm really enjoying right. this, and I'm gonna miss it a ton. And spoiler I, alert: they win the finals. Right. Just so you know. Like, what? You mean he retires again? Uh, no. Oh no! I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. guys. I wasn't supposed to tell you the, the ending my, my away. My bad. Oh. My bad. Oh uh, man. But uh, today I have a forgotten all star that is that has been featured in this documentary. A guy who was a teammate of Michael Jordan. A guy I had no idea made at least one, only one all-star team, and that is... Can I take a guess? I want you to guess. You get two guesses, and then I'm telling you. All right. Um, My first guess, let's see. I got to think 98. Is this the 98 year, not 98 season? No. No. Oh, so it's just a past teammate of his. Yeah, during yeah, the yeah. Dynasty. Okay. Um, Let's start with Tony Kukoc. Oh, nope, I did not, though I don't know if – I think he may have been an all-star at some point, but – Okay. That is not the guy I picked. Um, I'm looking up Kukoc right now to see if he wanted – he got an all-star, so go ahead. I, man, because I'm pretty sure the the guy I want to say didn't make an all-star team. Say it. But I'm going to go – well, no, because that's going to be my second guess. <laughs> okay. Well, the guess too. I don't care. Luke Longley. Is it nope. Luke Longley? Uh, nope. That is, okay. That's not it. Kukoc didn't make right. an all-star team, but this guy did. One more guess. What, oh, okay. One more. If you want. Um, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Horace Grant. Horace Grant. I, he did make a couple all-star teams, I'm pretty sure. But no, okay. that's not it. It is BJ Armstrong. Oh, and okay. uh, for those yeah. for those who uh, who have watched Sunday nights, you know, there's a, there's a big moment. They kind of feature him for a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know if it's seven or eight, um, but yeah, they do not talk about this, but he was an all star 
1994. Now, this is the year after Michael Jordan's first retirement. He goes to play baseball, and uh, in his stead, the uh, the Bulls were really good, 55 and 27. And B.J. Armstrong was one of uh, a three-headed monster of Scottie Pippen and uh, I believe Horace Grant on that team. And somehow B.J. Armstrong was not only an all-star, but he was voted in as a starter in the 94 all-star game. Wow. Yeah. Get this. This is his stat line for the season. He had 14.8 points a game, 3.9 assists. Oh. And that guy's a starting point guard. And that guy started the all-star game. Now he did shoot 44% from three, which was second in the league. So prolific from the three point range, but still had less than 15 points a game and didn't even break four assists. And that guy was I a do want to point out. I do want to point out the three point percentage because I'm looking at the stats along with you. He only averaged taking 1.6 threes a game and averaged making 0.7 threes of game. So like, Odds are on, like, he's going to go, like, one for two yeah. from three. I mean, <laughs> that's nuts. I've only taking ten and a half shots from the field a game with it. Or really, no, I guess that's more like 12. But that's insane. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, fascinating. I, I just didn't think he was an all-star. I mean, you see him in the, in the dock, and he seems like a solid player, but, like, a role player at best. But sometimes role players do good enough to have, have that the right kind of season uh, to make an all-star game. We've seen it before. A guy that we've done uh, forgotten all-star before, I think, is Kyle Korver, uh, who in 2015 was mm-hmm. an all-star with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he's a role-player type guy that just had a good enough season to, to sneak into an all-star game. But yeah, B.J. Armstrong. There you go, people. I maybe have uh, – I have a couple other more last dance-themed uh, forgotten all-stars maybe for the next couple weeks. You know, I think that might be – of the ones I'm trying to remember of the other ones we did. I think uh, Zach Thomas has been one before. Um, I think Morgan Ensberg was one I did, uh-huh. the third baseman for the Astros. But I think BJ Armstrong might take the cake as the most obscure because of the like just the low statistical output, yet still making the All Star team as a starter. Yeah, for real, and it just probably goes to show more about less about him and more about the Bulls as a product. Right. Even though they were without Michael, uh, they were still, you know, they were still at the peak of popularity. So any guy on the, you know, any guy on that team could make an all star like a BJ Armstrong, I guess, uh, that has a lot to say about the height of the Bulls at that time. They were just a well-oiled machine, man. They were. And just had pieces and gears in the cog, you know, gears that were just turning. Yeah. It is, uh, it is fascinating. I, I, you know what I'm looking forward to, Mitch? I'm looking forward to the early 2000s Lakers version of this documentary. Uh, though it, it can't be the same because Kobe's not here to do it, which is a real shame. Because uh, I think a documentary on that time with Phil, the split with with Shaq, all that could be very interesting. Uh, but in 20 years, we're going to have a, a, a Warriors one of these and maybe it's centered around Kevin Durant or something, but we're going to have some sort of doc on the, on the years of the warriors. LeBron's going to be in it talking about beating them in 16. It'll be great. And we'll be sitting with our kids just thinking, man, I remember those days that guy was washed. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Yeah. LeBron will be like the Isaiah Thomas is in this (laughs) doc. 
Probably Draymond's going to be like the Dennis Rodman is. Like, it is, you know, the crazy guy <laughs> that just can't keep his emotions in check. That one's going to be a fun one to see in about 20 years. Yeah. But I think the early 2000s Lakers one would be a really fascinating one to do. It, like you said, it's not going to be the same without Kobe, but that would be a really fun one to dive deep into for sure. Yeah, I mean, when you think about Dynasty, I mean, they talk about, you know, when Michael going for the three-peat, there had only been two franchises to ever three-peat up until that point, you know, and then the Lakers three-peat, you know, just a couple years later, right? And so that uh, there's not many teams that have done that. So that's, you know, that, right. that's that's pretty interesting stuff. Not even the, not even the Warriors three-peated. No, they went three out of four, but they didn't three-peat. Yeah, and three out of five because they lost to the Raptors that last year. So, yeah, I mean, oh, right. it, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare. So it would be an interesting thing, but I, I also say that as a Lakers fan. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's people yeah, that would exactly. absolutely hate it. I know there's a lot of people here in Utah uh, who, are not look, who are not enjoying this documentary as much as others, uh, especially as we round in the final two episodes, which will feature the, the back-to-back Bulls Jazz Finals. Uh, and a lot of people here still hate the Bulls and still hate Michael Jordan uh, for beating them two years in a row and uh, take, taking a championship out of the reach of, uh, of the, city, the city here. So uh, I, I know there, there's some people who are not Lakers fans who would very much not enjoy a, uh, a Lakers documentary as much as I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. But yeah, all right. Hey, I, before, we, before we move on to uh, our way-too-early NFL predictions, I need to just take a quick moment. Um, I owe someone an apology. I owe Trey Wingo a huge apology um, because I unjustly put him in the pit of misery for mispronouncing some players' names during the draft when, in fact, after I looked up, and I should have looked it up before we recorded, but I didn't. I looked up the pronunciation of Yeter Gross Matos and Tua Tungavailoa. Those are the correct pronunciations of their names. Um, in fact, there's a video of Tua telling the press how to pronounce his name. Um, and he sp- explicitly says, you say the word tongue and then Viloa. Um, and uh, I-, I put Trey Wingo in the pit of misery for that. So, that being said, I think for the first time in pit of misery history, we are removing someone from the pit of misery and that guy is going to be Trey Wingo. Wow. So what a apologies, moment. Apologies to Mr. Wingo. Um, Mr. Wingo. I feel Wingo. like I deserve a punishment um, for doing that knee-jerk reaction. But uh, Hey, listen. I To be fair, I also thought he had mispronounced those. And uh, ultimately, you know, good on Trey Wingo for, uh, for doing it right. I just didn't know you could take someone out of the pit of misery. That's impressive. I guess I, well, you know I'm I'm the commissioner of the pit of misery. Yeah, as you so, say, you make the rules. Really, so I mean, I make the rules. I mean, I think the guy that comes out of this in the worst shape is Yeter Gross Matos because his name actually is Yeter Gross Matos. Because <laughs> that's his name. It's a shame. Like I'm going to bat for the guy. Like no, it's Gross Matos, and I'm like, oh shit, no, his name really is Gross Matos. Oh man, you breakfast violator. Yeah. Well. Now, yeah, I'm glad I get to uh, stick with that now because I was actually enjoying calling him Yeter Gross Matos, and so oh, you Gross Matos. Now, now, now I get to do that and not offend anyone, so that's good. Uh, well, exactly. well, uh, shout out to Trey Wingo. Sorry for misjudging you, but uh, Mitch, shall we get into this 
way too early NFL predictions. Oh, you bet your booty. Oh, let's do it. All right. That was, that was, that, that was weird. Let's try that, that again. That was weird. Let's try that again. Let's uh, <laughs> not you know roll with it. No, man. Let's go you, with it. Okay. All right. We keep that in. We keep you, everything. You, 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 you bet buddy. Let's do it. There we go. That's better. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to start Mitch. Let's start in the AFC. Yeah. Starting the AFC, we're going to go uh, through the divisions, kind of just give you an idea where we had uh, certain teams. Now, this is – I will put this in the description, the podcast notes, but this is playoffpredictors.com. They have a program where you can pick game by game, week by week, the entire season. Uh, we have found it helpful as as we look ahead and try to make predictions. You know, in your head, you could say this team, oh, yeah, they could win nine or ten games. But then you get into the schedule and the matchups and all these other factors, and maybe they only end up with six. So uh, we found it helpful as we kind of predict out. Now, it hasn't always led to uh, much accuracy, but uh, I like it. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to keep using it. And uh, we you, like it. So that's what matters. So let's do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to try it yourself, playoffpredictors.com. That's what they are. Shout out to them. They're great people. Uh, all right, Mitch, uh, AFC North. Yeah, let's start there, man. All right. So this is the, the real question here is uh, what record do you have the Ravens getting? Um, I actually statted them out at 14 and two. Okay. Well, I, I did as well. I also had 14 and two. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, going to be one of the most prolific offenses in football um if not the most prolific offense in football and not in the uh way that we tend to see it happen in today's nfl where you see guys throw the ball for 4500 yards um maybe they have two guys that are 800 yard rushers 900 yard rushers um and split a backfield that way where they have one guy that could probably throw for 3500 and also run for 1,200. I mean, Lamar Jackson is um, the reigning MVP. If he doesn't come back and win another one, I'm going to be extremely shocked. Um, I, he's my front runner by quite a large margin to do it again. Um, this this offense is just it's it's explosive um, and it's dynamic and uh, it, it complements a very strong defense. So the Baltimore Ravens. Um, by far, in a way, the best team in this division and, prob- and probably in that top two team in the AFC conversation. Yeah, the Ravens, 14-2. and two, uh, I-, I think there's an argument here because this was the record last year, right? So uh, should you expect regression? Yes, and I think there will be, yeah. uh, especially on offense. But ultimately, there's a couple factors for why I had them at 14-2. and two. One, they are the team that travels the least amount of any team in the NFL this season. If the season goes as planned, they will travel the least amount uh, by a wide margin over any other team. And that's a big factor. That helps. And second of all, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. The easiest schedule in the NFL. So, yes, they should regress, but if they're playing the easiest schedule and they're traveling the least, well, they're still probably going to win 13, 14 games. So, uh, yeah, I felt comfortable with them at 14-2. Mitch, second in the division, I had the Cleveland Browns at 10-6. What did you have? I, I had Cleveland as well at ten and six at not or second in the division, excuse me. Um like we said, sometimes things happen when you're picking these games and you don't realize how many games you just pick someone to win. 
Um, and I had the Browns going 12 and four, um, which is not realistic. I don't think they're going to be a 12 win team, but I think 10 in that ballpark is going to be um, achievable for them. Look, they still have a ton of talent on this team. And if you look at their schedule, they have the 29th week, 29th strongest schedule. So the fourth weakest schedule yeah. uh, coming up next year. Uh, <clears throat> Baker Mayfield got some additions on the offensive line. He still has the weapons that he had at his disposal last year. Hopefully Odell's attitude towards this organization and towards this offense changes to where he's a more viable option for Baker. Um, you still got Nick Chubb taking the ball. Um, th- this is this is a this is actually an improved team, and I'm I'm excited to see what they can do under the new uh, leadership of Kevin Stefanski um, and a revamped offensive line, if you will. Even though it's not super revamped, they just added new, better pieces. Um, I, I like I like Cleveland this year. I, I actually have them as one of the wild card teams. Yeah, I was going to ask you that if they made the playoffs. Uh, I have them as wild card as well. Uh, I think this is, uh, for me, this is just about Kevin Stefanski. I mean, the tools, the pieces are there, and they were there last year, though, you know, less experienced. Now, you know, Baker, a lot of the young players on this team have gained more experience, and now you add Kevin Stefanski, who has had a ton of success. It's a guy I'm very high on. Uh, a guy I wanted the Panthers to hire because I'm high on him. And I also feel that there's always an extra, a, a, an unexpected playoff team, a team that wasn't very good the year before, makes a big leap, makes the playoffs. The Browns are the first team that comes to mind when I think of that for 2020 because they're a team that has all the right pieces that just needed more time and needed the right leaders in place. And I think Stefanski's going to give them that. So I see playoffs for the Browns uh, and, and 10 and 6 is, is where I had them as well. So, uh, Mitch, as we look into the rest of the division, uh, I had neither team with a winning record. Uh, I had the Bengals at six and ten, and then actually the Steelers at three and thirteen. Uh, how did the Yikes. rest of the AFC North uh, go out for you? Yeah, I had them both at six and ten. Um, okay, let's. I t- think it's going to be easy. Oh, go for it. Let's let's talk about uh, the Steelers first, because this is the one that I. There are certain teams going into this year that I'm very low on and certain teams that I'm pretty high on. And the Steelers are a team I'm very low on. I, I have no confidence that Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back and uh, be any good at all. I, 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 I don't know. I don't have a I just don't know what it is. I'm not confident in him. And if it's not him, it's Mason Rudolph. And I don't I mean, he wasn't that good last year. I don't know where the Steelers sit now. I feel like they're going to be a team that uh, if they start two and six, that they start selling some pieces off and they start looking to get a high draft pick and and get that future quarterback or give Mason Rudolph the reins and say, you got to prove it in the next six games or, you know, or we're, or we're moving on. I, I just, I think that's the more likely scenario for Pittsburgh than getting to like a nine and seven and maybe trying to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I think for Pittsburgh, what it is, is for me, is that defense that's there is still, on paper, very good. Um, like you said, though, the offensive pieces, and it's namely Ben Roethlisberger, um, Juju Smith-Schuster is coming off a bad year. Um, ben Roethlisberger is coming off a injury plague year where he was injured, what, week two or three? Uh, he didn't play a whole lot. Yeah. And he's getting up there in age. Um, I think you're right that if they, you know, they start the season two and six or one and four, you know, 
they're going to start looking uh, other places um, at the quarterback position. I think Ben, though, because he's he's got this legendary toughness about him, I think he's going to be doing enough to get it done uh, to keep them above the five and eleven mark, but just barely at six and ten. The defense, to me, is really what's going to keep them afloat. No doubt. Um, but yeah, the offensive the offense is just pretty pretty subpar um, as as far as what they have returning back to them. Yeah, and I I mean I could even see a scenario, uh, and and maybe maybe this isn't realistic because of Big Ben and his relationship with this the organization and the fact that he was there so long. But I could see a scenario where they reach that two and five, two and six, and they tell him, "Hey, man, we're moving. We got to move forward, and we got to you know." try to lose some games, try to get a new quarterback, uh, you know, and do you want to get traded? Do you want to go somewhere who maybe, maybe it's a, a team that thought they were going to be better. They're kind of middling 500 and, and a big, a rejuvenized big Ben can push them into a playoff spot. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if that would actually happen. Like I said, because of big Ben and because of, you know, how long he's been there. But I, I think Pittsburgh could be in a position where they're looking ahead and saying there's two really good quarterbacks. I think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are guys they are going to be highly uh, coveted going into next in next year's draft. Uh, they, they might think we ought to give ourselves a shot at one of those guys. Yeah. And that could be a, uh, a tank for Trevor type situation where they yeah. just say, you know what? Screw it. They, you know, let's say they start 0 and 4. Let's go to the extreme circumstance where they start 0 and 4 and they go you know what Ben you're just not getting it done maybe Ben throws two or three touchdowns and seven picks and they're like it, it we can't we can't just keep riding this guy so they're gonna go to Mason Rudolph at least give him a look um and then start tanking and kind of do a little bit of what we saw uh the Bengals and the Dolphins do well Dolphins not so much in the back half of the year but kind of what the Bengals did last year where they kind of punted on the year and said, right, let's just go get the best quarterback in the draft. And they, and they played Ryan Finley at quarterback. So, <laughs> right. You know, a, yeah. a great way to lose. Uh, so let's talk about the Bengals then Mitch. Uh, we both had about six and 10. This feels right. I think Joe Burrow's going to win some games. He probably shouldn't this year. Right. I think you'll have a couple moments where we're like, wow, there's there's a flash of potential, uh, but ultimately this team still has a lot of holes and they're not quite there. This is a year to get his feet on, get his feet wet, right? Kind of get into the groove of things, play a season, get hit, get up, you know, do the thing, uh, you know, get a top 10, 12 draft pick and and build forward. So six and ten seemed about right. Yeah, I mean. Like, Joe Burrow's going to win some games, right? And I think, actually, like you said, they're going to win some games he probably shouldn't. I think that one of those games that I had was him beating Pittsburgh um, and finding a way to get past that defense. Um, look, he's, he's going to be a quarterback of the future. He's not going to be one of those guys that could step right in and fill the role that you need and, and be super productive right off the bat. Uh, he's going to – every rookie quarterback is at least a little bit of a project. And uh, Joe Burrow's no different. Now, he – does get some pretty good guys to throw to um, in his receiver court. They get A.J. Green back. They still have Tyler Boyd there, so it's not like he doesn't have anyone to throw to. They have Joe Mixon to hand the ball off to and catch passes out of the backfield. Um, Jordan Fox likes to refer to him as Le'Veon Light uh, back when Le'Veon was actually relevant. Um, and, he, you know, he's going to he's gonna win you ball games. But 
six and ten seems about right. I'm not gonna. I'm not expecting him to go eight and eight or or better. Um, but he's gonna do enough to prove that he belongs in the NFL. He belongs as a starting quarterback, and um, they're just gonna have to stay a little bit patient with him through. I think through the first couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's that's where they're at. They have a young head coach. They have the young quarterback. Now let's figure out what works around him. Uh, get some weight wins under the belt, but ultimately this is a team that's still building. So, uh, all right. So that's the AFC North. Uh, let's move to the AFC South. Okay. So AFC South, uh, this is an interesting division, Mitch. Uh, I, I, I feel like we're not going to be quite on the same pages as we were with the AFC North. So let's start at the top. Uh, I have the Colts winning the AFC South this year and I have them with a record of 13 and three. Yeah, that's exactly where I had them as well. Wow, are, um, really? Oh, well, then super maybe high, super high on the Colts. Maybe, maybe we will be on the same page. I thought you were going to be okay. So Colts, right? This is this is a funny, this is an interesting thing because I remember in our way too early last year, I was very high on the Colts. In fact, I thought, you know, I think I, I that's when I said I thought Andrew Luck would be my MVP pick for 2019. Now, obviously, he ends up retiring in August, but. In May, I was very high on the Colts, and I look at this team, and it's very similar than uh, as as last year's team. In a lot of ways, it's better. They obviously improved at quarterback. Health was an issue last year, but they added pieces in the right places. Uh, and when you add Phillip Rivers as a veteran guy that just wants to win, and he's won regular season games. The playoffs are going to be the real question for the Colts, but as far as getting wins in the regular season, Phillip Rivers has done that. And this team combined with, with him and Frank Reich, uh, 13 wins. Like I could have done more. I think 14 and two is, is possible as well. Somewhere between 11 and 13, 14 games. I think so. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, I think 12 and four is probably about right. 13 and three might be just a touch high. Um, but like you said, they got help at the quarterback position by getting Phillip rivers in there for a couple of years. Um, they go and get guys like Jonathan Taylor, and Michael Pittman in the draft. Um, this team is very young. They're, this team is very young, but um, it's a very talented team. Well, and we cannot ignore the defensive side of the ball. That's still um, above average. Um, and the very good offensive line that they have. It, this is going to be a very solid team. I'm very high on the Colts this year. Uh, in yeah. fact, they have them at the three seed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Colts were a three for, for me as well. Uh, so second in the division, I had two playoff teams in this division. Uh, I had the Titans at nine and seven, making the playoffs as a wild card six seed. Mitch, who was who was number two for you? <laughs> Man, we we are definitely on page. I had the Titans at nine and seven. Oh my gosh, six seed. I literally I thought we were gonna. Okay, so nine and seven felt right, Mitch. Right, nine and seven for the Titans felt right because I still think they're a good team. That's, again, very similar to what they were last year, brought back a lot of the same pieces. Uh, but I, there's going to be some regression, especially from the late late season surge and obviously the playoff run. Right. No, I mean, this team is almost carbon copy of what they were going into last year, with the exception of Marcus Mariota not being the and, starting and Jack And Jack Conklin, I mean, which is a big loss. And Jack Conklin is gone. Right. Yeah, no, that's a huge loss. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but look, this team's gonna be predicated on running the football and playing good defense, and I think nine and seven is is just about right. Uh, I, as weird as it sounds, like ten wins seems like just barely out of reach, even though it's only a one game difference. That just seems like it's a little bit out of reach. Um, 
The Titans is also are also one of those teams that I could see slip and fall out of the playoff conversation. And go like seven um, and nine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and still have like a fifteen hundred yard rusher and Derrick Henry. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it just that just seems like that's their MO. Everything's weird about them. Yeah, well in Tannehill's the question there is I mean, obviously Tannehill had a really good season last year, but can he repeat that? Right? And and obviously the Titans are banking on that. They paid him a lot of money, but can he repeat that? I I guess saying that they're going nine and seven is basically saying kind of, you know, like he's not going to. Yeah, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be as great as it was. He was a pro bowler last year, so he's not going to be that, but he's not going to be terrible. But there is a, a a universe where he's really not that good. He goes back to Dolphins, Tannehill, and they go seven and nine. Well, and there's seven years of mediocrity that just makes me not want to buy into it. Yeah, so, right. Um, and so, I mean. Yeah, if he turns around and he does something similar to what he did, I don't think he's going to do what he did last year. But if he turns around and does something similar, then yeah, maybe you, it gives you reason to reason to ponder that, like uh, maybe he is just a late bloomer. But we haven't seen anything like that so far. So yeah, um, I also have them losing uh, the majority of their games outside of their division. I have them five and one within their division. Wow. So there you I go. think that's going to be very key, playing well inside the division. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one more note on the Titans. I think this is a team that's going to benefit from the seventh playoff spot where they may go eight and eight, nine and seven and still end up making the playoffs because there's seven teams this year, not six. Uh, So I think the Titans may be one of those teams that lucks out on having that extra uh, playoff spot. Uh, Let's move down to the the division. Uh, Next, I have the Texans and the Texans, uh, Mitch, I've got a sour taste in my mouth for Houston right now. I had them going six and ten. Yeah, I, I got them going four and twelve. I really four just and do 12. not like this team. Wow, I do not like this football team, man. Bill O'Brien's done an atrocious job as a head coach and GM. I mean, just absolutely atrocious. Um, he's single handedly tearing this franchise apart and doing it at the seams. Um, look, David Johnson's not a bad addition. But he's definitely not what he was a couple of years ago, and you give up DeAndre Hopkins in the process for him. Um, not a good move. It, this team is just – I just like it's sad. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. Like This team had a window to win, and they didn't get it done, and now it's just getting torn apart by one guy's inability to manage a football organization. And I, I can't buy in on the Texans at all. Yeah, the Texans are a weird a weird place for me cuz I I think there's a universe where Deshaun Watson does enough, David Johnson's good enough that they go 9 and 7 and make a wild card, right? Uh but I guess when I say 6 and 10 and I guess you said 4 and 12, so even more so, I think the the idea I have is they have a very tough schedule first off and they start off they do. very tough to start the year. Uh, they go uh, Chiefs and then Ravens in back-to-back weeks. I there's a scenario where they start off one in five, right? And at yeah. one in five, does ownership make a move and oust Bill O'Brien after already having backlash for these bad trades? And then they start off the season horribly, and then it's back, you know, and then it's treading water for the rest of the season, trying to figure out where they go now. And that's how they end up with five or six wins. So I guess that's kind of the, I'm not predicting that per se, but that's kind of what I have in mind is this may be a very dysfunctional team this year, a team that just can't win games despite the talent that they have. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I think Bill O'Brien. I spicy take, spicy take time. Uh, Bill O'Brien will be out of the head coaching role before the end of the year, and I really strongly think they should look at a guy like Eric Bieniemy coming in and taking over the reins going into next year. That would be a very um, wise move for the time. Now, I does mean, Bill he should have been a head coach remain, this year, but does O'Brien remain GM or is he just out? Out. I think if 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 ownership does the right thing, out, out. Get him out. Yeah. Don't let him back in. Close the door and say, Bill O'Brien, you're not allowed anymore. We're changing our secret password, <laughs> so you're not allowed in the club. Get out. You're done. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think O'Brien's been terrible as a head coach. I mean, obviously they've made playoffs. They haven't they've struggled in playoffs, but they've they've won games. But ultimately, he has put a ceiling on them that is like 10, 11 wins outsted in the first round, right? So ultimately, like, you could do better than that. And and Deshaun Watson deserves better than that. So we're not very high on the Texans. I'm surprised we're all the – I'm surprised we got all these the same, Mitch. Uh, finally, Jaguars, I had them at 2-14. and 14. Yep, I had him at two and fourteen. The Jaguars, yep. it's going to be tough. Gardner Minshew, uh, I, I, I love, I love Gardner Minshew, but he's not going to be good enough to win games with this team. He's not. I they, don't think it's going to be Gardner Minshew's fault. Though, exactly. That That's what, exactly. No, no. This is this is a dysfunctional organization that has players that they don't want that they can't get rid of players that don't want to play for them players that want out uh, that, you know, just a few years ago was in an AFC championship game with a lead over Tom Brady and a chance to go to a Super Bowl, And now they are again at the cellar, the bottom of the NFL in a place that nobody wants to play because of the dysfunction within the organization. It's, it's a shame. And Gardner Minshew's fun, but this team is not going to be fun, and they're not going to win games. No, they're not. I mean, this team is, like you said, the epitome of dysfunction. If the Chiefs are drinking champagne at the end of the year, the Jaguars are drinking toilet water. (laughs) I mean, this team is just bad. I mean, they're going to be bad. Yeah. And it's not going to be Gardner Minshew's fault. It's not going to be his fault. He's he's, He's playing for ownership and management that just doesn't really care i don't think i don't think they care yeah i i don't know but they they don't do their jobs very well i'll tell you that (laughs) all right so that's the uh that's the afc style so again two playoff teams here for both of us so we both have ravens browns colts titans so far as the playoff teams right yes great okay let's move to the afc east where i have a new king at the top of the division it is the buffalo bills and they're gonna be good they're gonna win 12 games 12 and 4 is what i have for buffalo Let's keep staying on the same track down. Oh my I got gosh. Buffalo going 12 and 4. Are you four. serious? I'm dead serious. We got 12 it. and 4. <laughs> what did we do? I feel like we did something wrong. It's fine. It's good. No, it means this, we're both but smart. But this doesn't happen for us. Usually we're on different pages. This doesn't yeah. happen for us a whole lot. That's so, very true. That's very true. No, I'm, I'm with you. Buffalo is going to be very, very good. I think Josh Allen um, makes a leap. Um, I don't think that he's going to be um, your prototypical stand in the pocket type guy. Obviously he showed that he has a lot of talent with the legs. Um, I expect Devin Singletary to make a leap. Um, they add a guy like Stefan Diggs, a big weapon that Josh Allen can throw to. He has someone other than Cole Beasley and John Brown to throw to Dawson Knox. I expect to come into his own and be a, a good serviceable tight end. Um, offensively, this team is not bad. Pretty good. The defense is going to be the, uh, 
the shining factor in this team, and it's it's the Sean McDermott style of play that that's gonna really carry them um, to a twelve and four record. Yeah, I mean, this was a team that had a a very good defense and an okay offense. If they can get to be a good offense, that's where they get to twelve wins, and I think they could be. And not not one of the best in the league. They're not gonna be the Chiefs, okay? They're not gonna be the Ravens or the Cowboys. They're going to be the Saints, but they're going to be able to put up points and, you know, do a lot on the ground and set up Josh Allen with uh, easy play action and shots downfield. And uh, that's going to be a place where he thrives. Stefan Diggs is a huge addition for him, just as a confidence boost, just knowing that your team is putting you in the position to win. They're giving you weapons. They're trying to give you everything you need. Now you just got to make the plays like that's huge for a quarterback especially a young quarterback like Josh Allen. So uh, I think this is going to be successful. I think they are the type of team that could even make a run in the playoffs that could surprise some teams uh, and beat some teams. They're not supposed to because of the talent on the defensive side of the ball and the upside of some of their offensive pieces. Yeah. I mean, this is just the stuff that they've added around Josh Allen just shows that it's a huge vote of confidence for him. Yeah. Like, look, we think, we think that you're talented enough to do this. We're going to give you some pieces to go do it. Now, go do it. So Yeah, and they had a fantastic draft, which just adds to it all, you know. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we both had the Bills at 12-4. and four. Um, I also had two teams coming out of this division to the playoffs. Me too. Um, and at the seventh seed at 8-8, eight and eight, I had the New England Patriots. Wow, Patriots at 8-8, eight and eight, Mitch. That, I never thought I'd say that. I never wow. thought I'd say it. But the day's here. The day is here. Uh, Patriots 8-8, eight and eight, um, getting most of their damage done within the division going 4-2. So, um, so Jarrett Stidham is good enough. Is that is that what you're saying? Jarrett Stidham is going to be good enough to get 8-8. Eight and eight. No, the defense is good enough to get him to 8-8. Eight eight. Well, Bill I mean, Belichick you've got to have, to you've to gotta have some – You've got to have a good quarterback to go 8-8. Eight eight. You can't just, just have a defense. Sure, I could say, yeah, Stidham is going to manage the game enough. I don't think he's going to. Interesting. I think okay. you're going to see a heavy workload increase for Sony Michelle. I don't know if that convinces me they're going to go 8-8 eight eight more or less. I, I don't think know. it's definitely less. But I don't know. No, I mean, listen, you're probably the right one for saying they're going to make the playoffs because it's Bill Belichick, and this is what he's always done. Now he doesn't have Tom Brady, so there's a question there, but undoubtedly there's still talent on this team. I'm not as right. high on the Patriots, though, Mitch, uh, because of the lack of talent at the most important position, and that's quarterback. And I, I don't care if Jarrett Stidham is average. That's a huge drop-off from Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady isn't, you know, MVP-level Tom Brady anymore, and he wasn't last year, but he's a very competent quarterback. And you just throw an average quarterback in that situation. I just don't see how they can get to eight wins. I had the Patriots, and this is probably low. Okay, they're going to get more wins than this. I had them going 4-12. and 12. I just don't think Stinson's going to – I have no idea if Stinson's going to be good. So am I putting my trust in I'm, – I'm going to – if I say eight wins, I'm putting my trust in Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer, and I will not do that. I refuse. I choose better quarterbacks. Mitch, I had, the playoff team I had coming from the AFC East is the Miami Dolphins at 8-8 eight and eight as the 7th oh, seed. Oh, stop it. Stop it. And stop. the reason why is not just Tua Tagovailoa. 
I said it right that time. Uh-huh. It is the defense. They retooled on defense. They added a ton of good pieces, enough that with competent rookie quarterback play from Tua and the pieces around him on offense, that they're going to be able to win some games. Eight and eight is not a great record, but in the AFC, that may be good enough to get to the seven seed. So I have them sneaking in over a different eight and eight team that we'll talk about later and getting into the playoffs. There's always a surprise. I said it with the Browns. There's a surprise every year, right? I think the Dolphins could be one of those surprises. So I had them going eight and eight, I, making the playoffs as well. Look, here, here's the deal. I think it's, dare I say, disrespectful to put the Patriots at four and 12. You're it, disrespecting Bill Belichick. You're disrespecting that organization. You're just you're most disrespecting Bill Belichick because if you remember, he went ten and six with Matt Castle. Ten and six with Matt Castle. So you're this saying that you can't the win team. with the bat. This is not but the you, same but, team, no, but, Mitch. No. That had but you're that, saying that Matt Castle you're was saying, the quarterback for. Those are that, yeah, but, you can't just compare. What, what's, those two. what's the similarity between the two teams? What's the similarity between the two teams? I'll tell you a bunch of differences. Name a wide no, receiver I'm asking on for the, the similarity. I'm asking, I don't stay know on page down. I'm what? asking for the similarity. What's the similarity between the two teams? The ten and six Matt Castle team defenses. was in the this Mitch. They lost pieces Dominant on defenses. Mitch. They lost pieces on defense. This is not the, just the same defense. It's an old team. It's an old team with old players who lost players at big positions that have Julian Edelman and Sony Michelle and James White is like the only competent offensive weapons. For a quarterback who's never started a regular season game. I, I, I want to know, okay, so what's your ceiling for them? What's your ceiling as far as wins go? Eight and eight would be like the ceiling. Okay. Because okay. ultimately, here's the thing, Mitch. The The only scenario in my mind where they get to eight and eight and better is if they add a different quarterback than Jarrett Stidham. Like, I just, I, I'm not going to put my money on a guy who I've never seen play quarterback in the NFL. And just assume, but because it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots, that he's going to be good enough to win at least 500, you know, 50% of their games. Like, I just can't. And 4-12 and 12 is low. I, I'll admit it. But, I, I like, 8-8 eight and eight is high for Jared Stidham when we know nothing about him. And the team is not the same. It's not just Tom Brady that left. I don't know, man. I'm just not high on the Patriots. I'm going to stay away from the Patriots, and I'll just be glad to be wrong if they go nine and seven next year and, and make the playoffs or something. You know what I mean? Well, I, I okay, but that's, that's fine. But I just also want to point out too, a couple of years ago when Tom Brady was serving that suspension and we saw a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo never play it down in the NFL, step up and go two and zero before he got hurt. So I just want to point that out too, that Bill Belichick can win with guys that have never taken a snap in the game in the NFL. You're absolutely um, right. But those are all different teams. And I'm looking at more than just the Jared Stidham factor. Not that different, though, from two years ago. This is okay. A different um, Jets are bad. Four and twelve for the Jets. Jets are wait, bad. What is what? What was your record for the Dolphins? And then we'll talk about the Jets. Oh, I had the Dolphins at five and eleven. Five and eleven. Okay. All right. That's pretty bad. That's yeah. the same record as last year. That'd be pretty surprising to me. But okay, that's fine. Jets four and twelve. I think two and needs work is what it is. So. Okay. Um. Fair enough. Jets ahead at 13 and 3. Jets are bad. 13 Jets and 3. Bad. Wow. That's incredibly good. Yeah. Oh, where did you have them? No, you st- 
You didn't catch yourself. You said 13 oh, 30, and 3. Oh, 3 and 13. <laughs> three, yeah, 3 and 13. Yeah. I'm like, dang. No, Jets are bad. 3 and 13. <laughs> I went uh, I went UK where they put the, you know, they put oh, the day go. before the month. Yeah, the thing with I, the I Jets, uh, I, I, I still have hopes for Sam Darnold. I really do. I still think Sam Darnold could be a successful quarterback. But this franchise just has not done him any favors, right? And yeah. I just don't feel confident in what he has around him on defense or on offense. I just can't. I, I, I had confidence. We were both high on the Jets last year. Going into the season, we made all these like Jets are going to be good. We can't help but give them nine or ten wins. And then they were bad. And I think it was like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Neither of us are going to get fooled again by the New York Jets. And we're going to sell real low on them. And if they end up being good, well, then I guess they were good. But I ain't picking them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't picking them either, man. Yeah, and it sucks because, no like I said, I really like Sam Darnold, and I do think he could be successful in the NFL, but uh, Jets is just not the place for him. It is, they have not helped him that much. So, All right. Uh, that's, no way. That's about it for the AFC East. Let's move to the West where we each had just one playoff team. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. I had them at 14-2 and two as the number two seed. Mitch? Uh, 15 and one, 15 and one. Wow. Yeah. And that might be a little bit of a, uh, I picked some games that maybe they're probably going to lose, but like on paper, they should win it. Right. Um, so, you know, anywhere between 12 and 15 is, is probably correct. I yeah. think. I mean, the chiefs are obviously one of the best teams, in the NFL, uh, who have not gotten worse and they've only gotten better. Especially on offense. They're the reigning somehow Super Bowl they, champions. Somehow they got better on offense, adding adding Clyde Edwards Alaire, you know. And uh oh, they're yeah. just they're just gonna repeat. Rinse and repeat, they're gonna be in the Super Bowl conversation next year. Uh that's pretty easy, Mitch. Uh number two in the division, the team I had barely missing out on the playoffs is the Las Vegas Raiders at eight and eight. Wow. And I gotta say, it felt a little weird. Because I'm, I've not been high on the John Gruden thing, but uh, I think the momentum of Vegas. I, I like some of the young pieces they've added. I, I think eight and eight is, is about right for the Raiders. I think they'll be better than they were last year and, and trending in the right direction. I still think they have questions at big positions like quarterback. Who is the future? Where do they go from here? Uh, they still have to figure that out, which is why eight and eight is probably realistic. Uh, but I think they're a team that could, if the cards fell right, maybe push for a playoff spot. Yeah, I uh, actually had them first team out as well. Um, they were at seven and nine, though. Yeah. Um, and look, I, the Pats are one of those teams too. Like, like I said, like eight and eight was where I had them. I, I, they could slip. They could slip. Um, and Raiders sneak in at an eight and eight. Um, I don't think this team is better than nine and seven. Um, so in that seven to nine win range is probably going to be correct for them. But look, like you said, they added a bunch of young pieces. Um, they've improved every year under John Gruden. They've gotten just a little bit better. Um, and so I I think that's starting to come to fruition. Like you said, though, the big question is going to be quarterback and who do they go to? Um, and and what, what are their decisions that they're going to make? Uh, sounds like they're pretty committed to Derek Carr right now. Um, but that could change in a year. So, um, but I, I don't hate the Raiders. And I think that you're playing in a new city. There's going to be, uh, 
there's going to be a lot of hype playing in that new city, and I, and I think that the the fan base there is is uh, going to give them a lot of fuel in home games. And so uh, I got I got the Raiders going seven and nine. Yeah, I mean, and they and they did pretty well in the draft last year. They they hit on on quite a few young players, and uh, I know their draft wasn't. Uh, it doesn't look great so far from this year, right? The the Henry Ruggs pick questionable, Damon Arnett questionable. Uh, but I mean, their track record says that you know those some of the most of those guys are probably going to hit. They've done pretty well. So uh, there's a you know there's a the combination of young players, solid pieces around. Uh, I think they could make a little bit of noise. So uh, the rest of the division for me, Mitch, I had the Broncos and Chargers both at four and twelve. What did you What did you get? Yeah, I had them both at five and eleven. Um, just n- nothing special about these teams. They're just very blah. Um, it, yeah, nothing special about these teams. Yeah, not not a fan. Not a fan of either of them. I think both the teams have potential to get to a seven or eight win range uh, if the cards fell right. Uh, Drew Locke, his development, there's some offensive pieces around him for sure. Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Uh, So, I mean, there's a lot of potential there offensively, plus, you know, some of the staples on defense that the Broncos get get to like an eight and eight. Maybe they're competing for that seven wild card spot. And the Chargers, you know, are a team that, you know, with Rivers and when healthy was a playoff team and, and it whether it's Terod Taylor or when Justin Herbert gets the reins and how good they are could, you know, change the outlook for the Chargers. I think we're just both betting under on them as opposed to over and, you know, just not as confident in those two teams. Right. Definitely. So, all right. So we had uh, basically the same playoff teams. The only difference here is you had the Patriots in at seven and I had the uh, Dolphins in at number seven, Mitch. So let's move over to the NFC and let's start in the NFC North. Uh, this is the the home to your Bears. Uh, I've, I've got to uh, assume that your Bears did not win the division because I know you're not crazy. Uh, so who do you have at the top of the NFC North? Um, so yeah, it, it pained me not to pick, uh, pick the bears to win the division. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, I, I wanted to pick them at 16 and zero, uh, just <laughs> run rough shot the whole year, but that's not realistic. Um, I think more realistic is probably about 15 and one or 14 and two for them. <laughs> fair, um, fair enough. But at the top of the division, I actually, I had the, uh, I had a tie at the top of the division. I had the Vikings and the Packers both going 11 and five um, with the Vikings just eking out um, that division title based on um, division play. Uh, like the Vikings, they lose, they lose Stefan Diggs, but uh, this team is tre- just trending in the right direction, I think. And um, uh, Kirk Cousins turned out to be not so bad after all. Uh they got Dalvin Cook, who's being a dominant runner. They still got a very good defense. I, I like the I like the Vikings finishing just barely atop the division. All right, yeah, I had you know I had a pretty tight race there too. I had the Packers at twelve and four, and then the Vikings at eleven and five. Uh, so pretty close there. I think those are pretty competitive teams. I both in the playoffs uh, for me, and uh, I think it could go many ways. I think the Vikings could win the division. I think the Packers could. The Vikings, I, you know, both teams are in interesting spots. Vikings 
how do they replace Stefan Diggs? I think Justin Jefferson could be a pretty seamless transition there. What is the loss of Kevin Stefanski due to the team? Uh, you know, I think that could be understated. That could be pretty, you know, that could be a pretty big loss for them. I don't know what kind of impact that may have, right? So you could see a little dip there. And the Packers, obviously, the Jordan Love pick, the controversy there, not adding another wide receiver. How does Rodgers respond? I am going to bet on the side of he responds by absolutely killing it this year and proving to the world that he's still Aaron Rodgers. So that's why I'm banking on 12-4. and four. But there is a you know world where they end up at like 9-7 and seven and it really tears the team apart and they're in a rough spot. They've got to make a decision on the quarterback and the future of the team. So, uh, But I'm, I'm betting on the over. I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers. So 12-4 and four is what I had for them. And then, and then Vikings 11-5, uh, both playoff teams. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, like, I just want to pull up these statistics really quick because I'm tired of dogging, people dogging Aaron Rodgers for having a bad year. You know, oh, he had a down year. He had a bad year. Dude, uh, and I think this is actually two years ago when they were talking about this, and I think they even brought it up again in 2019. Guy threw 25 touchdowns, two picks, and 4,500 yards in 2019, 2018. 2019, he threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four picks. I see all these analysts on ESPN that just talk about how Aaron Rodgers has had these bad years. and why, why, you know, Oh, he's not what he was. He's not what he was. Dude's still throwing under five interceptions a season and 25-plus touchdowns while throwing for over 4,000 yards. I'm, I'm sick. I am sick of hearing that Aaron Rodgers is having a down year or we're seeing him decline. That that's just not true. That's just not factually true. So let's just cut the crap with that. I think, um, like the Packers had a defense that played very well. Uh, I don't think that they're as good. Uh, they didn't play as well. I'm sorry. I'm I'm wording this incorrectly. I think they played better than what they were supposed to play. Um, and I don't know if that's actually repeatable for who's on that off or who's on that defense. But Aaron Rodgers makes enough of a difference to give him that bump. And uh, this definitely could be a team that wins 12 games. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 one of the tougher teams to try to predict here, you know, because there there's a wide range of outcomes, right? And there's the idea of regression, the idea that the advanced metrics said that they were like a 9 or 10 win team last year, right? When they ended up winning, what, was it 12 or 13? 13, yeah. 13. So, like, you know, they weren't as good as maybe they 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 looked last year, right? But they'd still make it to the NFC Championship game, right? So, I mean, how bad can you be if you make it to the NFC Championship game? That's pretty good. So, uh, you know, the Packers are a hard one to evaluate, but I'm going to go and just bet on Aaron Rodgers. So, we have Packers-Vikings. Uh, Bears, I had next in the division at 6-10, and 10, and then the Lions at 2-14. and 14. Mitch, what did you have? Well, I think I had the Bears a little bit high. I do. Um, I don't think they're six and ten. I just want to point that out. I don't think they're six and ten. We still have to remember that they have a very good defense and a slowly blossoming into a pretty decent run game. Um, I had them at ten and six. I think that and missing the playoffs. Six. I I said it was high. I said it was high. Let me finish. Um, it, look, I think this is probably an eight, nine, ten, or an eight to nine win team. Uh, 10 and six is definitely high. Um, but, uh, you know, you look, you look at their strength of schedule. It's very middle of the pack. They're not playing a super hard schedule. So, um, maybe you could look at, um, 
a team that wins eight, nine games. Like I said, 10 was high, but uh, yeah, eight, nine wins definitely. But then I had the Lions after that finishing 13 and three. 13 and three? Yeah. Three and 13. Damn it. Three and 13. <laughs> <sighs> you'll three get, and 13 oh you'll get it eventually yeah lions are very low on there's a there's a world where it kind of works out but i i'm just not impressed with the patricia era they had a ton of injuries last year and that obviously deterred that team but uh they're in a position where how long are they going to hold on to stafford and win seven or eight games you know like when are they going to move right. on and try to do something different and again like like a pittsburgh like this may be the year where they just decide you know what screw it like we need to we need to try to improve this because our ceiling is clear, you know, uh, and so I, I could see them kind of just pulling the plug on the season and, and trying to get as low as they can, have a shot at a guy, uh, which I which may be a smart decision for Detroit. Uh, the Bears, ten and six is high, Mitch. Eight and eight is fair. Six and ten maybe a little low, but. Uh, I know the defense is really good, but it did regress last year. It's got to kind of move back towards the 2018 bears to, to get, you know, above 500. And then you got to ask for competent quarterback play with, you know, and I like Nick Foles don't like Trubisky, but I don't really know how that's going to go. So I'm, I'm not betting on the quarterbacks, figuring it out to get to nine or 10 wins. That's me. But I mean, I also understand as a fan, you're got a little rosier, little rosy glasses there. So that's cool. But I get it. Look, I mean, I, like I said, there are games. There are games on paper that they could probably win. I understand they're probably going to lose some of those, and they're probably going to win some that they shouldn't. So you know, yeah. I like I said, ten and six is high. Um, eight or nine wins seems more logical to me. So. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Six is low. Six is low. Maybe we'll find out. They have five eleven last year, right? Or what was the record uh, last year? Six and 10, five and 11, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay. All right, let's move to the NFC South, Mitch, where I have my Panthers at 14 and two. And no, I'm just kidding. No. No, unlike Mitch, I gave a realistic uh, <laughs> prediction for my, my team. Uh, but I did. I have, gave a realistic I did, prediction. I did, I, did, I did have a team at 14 and two, Mitch. And that's the New Orleans Saints, who I have going 14 and two this year. Uh, the Saints are a really good team. They're one of the best rosters in the NFL, Head led by one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, a veteran, a guy who's trying to make a last push, get to a Super Bowl, win another one before uh, he retires, and, and, and the team moves in a new direction. So I think the Saints are going to be hunting. They're going to be hungry, and 14-2, and two, number one seed in the NFC, that's what I had for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I uh, I don't have them 14-2. I don't climb that high. I have them 12-4. Um, which I think is fair, but I don't have them winning the division. Wow, you chose Tampa Bay, and, and they both wound up twelve and four, Man. which I understand. Oh, okay, now I understand that twelve. Like, like I said, and I texted you earlier today, and I said I think I made some boo boos. I think I made some boo boos. Yeah, the this, Bears was the big one. I got to not gonna. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Do your Tampa Bay thing. I'm about to quit this podcast <laughs> if you keep going on about that. Um. Look, I understand twelve and four is high, but this team is this team is much improved. Um, and obviously, when you add a, a guy like Tom Brady into the mix, uh, things are going to change. Uh, Bruce Arians at the helm. I think that's going to be a great match with Tom Brady. Um, and the defense was top five last year underneath uh, Todd Bowles. So 
this is this is a good team, and I think that they're going to compete with the Saints at the top. Like I said, I made some boo-boos, so I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but when I picked these games, that's where they wound up. Okay, that's where they wound up. This is the life. This is the world I live in now. This is your choice. The world I live in. The world that I live in is the Bucks are twelve and four, and they're the two seed. Oh, that's the world. That I live is in. horrible. Are you kidding me? Here's the thing, Mitch. I had, I told you I did. I, I on paper they look like they should win these games. I had the Buccaneers going ten and six. Right, seems pretty fair. Uh, I had them missing the playoffs at 10 and 6. So riddle you that. You had them as the two seed getting a first round freaking bye. I had them winning 10 games and missing the playoffs. So No, they don't get the bye though. They don't get the bye though. Not this new playoff format. Oh yeah, you're right. Only one bye. Wow, what a weird change. It caught me, Mitch. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Yeah, Sandy him. Uh yeah, Tampa Bay. I think they're going to be 10 and 6. That's I think that's fair. But there's a, a lot of good teams in the NFC. We just talked about two in the North, Packers and Vikings. There's about two, if not three, in some of these divisions that are really good teams that are going to be competing for an extra playoff spot. So uh, I don't I think it's guaranteed think for the Bucs. I you're missing the fact that I said I understand this is wrong. I understand this is incorrect. I think 10-6 and 6 is fine. I think 10-6 and 6 is realistic. Yeah. Well, I think you're missing that. I don't know. I mean, you did say 12 and 4, but I had them at 10 and 6 and missing the playoffs. Uh, Falcons. Shit on on me a little bit more, Dallin. I will. Uh, Falcons, I had at (laughs) 6 and 10. I think they have the potential to be like an 8 and 8 team, but I guess I just had them losing some more games than that uh, because I had them rolling in at 6 and 10 and the Panthers 5 and 11. Mitch, what did you have? Uh, Like I said, boo boos were made, mistakes were made. Falcons wound up 4 and 12. Wow. Um, which is not correct. I mean, here's the thing. There's Sick. that there's that is possible. There is a scenario where they start off really bad. They fire Dan Quinn finally. He was on the hot seat last year, survived. He doesn't survive this year. They you know, they start rolling out some young players. Maybe they, you know, Matt Ryan gets a quote unquote injury and doesn't play the last six weeks and they lose a bunch of games. You know, like it's not it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's also not out of the realm of possibilities they go ten and six. Right? Like and maybe make a playoff. Who knows? Four and twelve's not I don't think four and twelve's terrible, Mitch. Okay. Well, I had the Panthers at four and twelve too. Yeah, and that's I, I think they're gonna lose some games. Uh I don't <laughs> I think I think Teddy Bridgewater depends on how if they let Bridgewater play the whole season, they're gonna win six or seven games five to seven games I would say if they decide halfway through that it's better to lose let's throw it to Will Greer or PJ Walker and try to go for Trevor Lawrence then they could go in the two to four range of wins but I think Bridgewater is competent enough coupled with like McCaffrey and DJ Moore to win six or seven games maybe yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all yeah. right, fun stuff. Uh, let's move to the NFC East, Mitch. I had two teams, the same record at the top of this division, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I actually had the Eagles with the tiebreaker, both teams 11-5, and five, but the Eagles end up winning the division. Cowboys end up uh, as the wild card five seed. Yeah, I um, like I said, Boo-boos were made. 
Okay. I have Dallas winning the division at eleven and five. That's not the boo boo. The boo boo is that I have the I have the Eagles first team out going ten and six. I don't. Is that how is that a boo boo? You had them at ten and six. Because uh, they're first team out. I mean, like like we just talked about. Oh, the Buccaneers should be ten and six and the first team out. Yeah, so it's a boo boo, right? Wrong no. team made the playoffs, correct? No, it's not. No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. I mean, there's like oh, I okay. Mitch. There are I could count nine teams in the NFC that should probably be playoff teams. Somebody's not making it. Yeah. It happened, you know, it happens yeah. every year. Somebody somebody doesn't make it with a good record. It could be the Eagles. It could be Tampa Bay. Could be a couple teams we haven't talked about yet. It could be the Vikings, you know, or the Packers. Like I think that's possible. I don't think you know, the Eagles winning 10 games is pretty realistic. Them maybe not making it cuz the NFC's really good. I, I think that's also possible. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles are going to be a great team. Um, I think that things are just aren't going to go their way when they need them to go their way, and uh, and it's going to be it's going to be from outside forces too. Like they're going to play well enough to put themselves in the spot to be in a playoff position. Um, there's just going to be other teams that do that as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got them first team out, ten and six, playing super well in the division, five and one, but uh. Yeah, they're the they're the first team out. All right. I mean, Cowboys seem like a pretty lock to me. I, I just don't see them failing in the same way that they did last year, right? I, I think that they're going to figure it out. They have too much offensive firepower to not make the playoffs. And and honestly, I as much as I don't like saying this, I think they're a team that could make some noise in the playoffs. Like, they have the offensive firepower that if they're on, like, they're going to be able to put up as many points as any other team. And that may be enough to win a playoff game that, uh, you know, maybe they're an underdog in. So I think the Cowboys could be dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. At the bottom of the division, we both have Redskins and Giants. I had them in that order. Redskins at four and 12 Giants at two and 14. What about you? Oh, I had the Giants at five and 11. Okay. Um, I think Daniel Jones shows improvement. I think Saquon Barkley bounces back from his down year. Um, at five and eleven, seems about right. I had the I had the Redskins at two and fourteen. Uh, I okay. don't like this team at all. Just bad. Yeah, I Very guess bad. I you know we basically had those flip flopped. I'm giving the Redskins credit because of Ron Rivera. If if I'm being honest, like mm-hmm. that's kind of and and it's no knock on Daniel Jones. I don't think the Giants are really worth two wins. I think they're worth more than that. Obviously, they'll they'll end up you know more than two and 14 that's really bad jaguars probably will be like two and 14 giants aren't that bad right but uh i give i gave the redskins maybe a little more credit because of ron rivera and i like i know it wasn't great in carolina last year but uh he's the type of guy that instills a winning mindset and i think the team may be win some games more than maybe they should right based on their talent and where they're at in, in as far as like the youth and, and experience that they have. But they, I mean, they have some talent, especially on defense. I could see them, you know, being a pretty decent defense and winning six games, you know, just kind of writing that yeah, definitely because they have the pieces and obviously added chase young to, to what they already had on the defensive side of the ball could be pretty dangerous. So, but both bad teams, both bad, very bad. Yep. <laughs> All right. And yeah, NFC West, Mitch, uh, we have uh, two playoff teams in this division, correct? 
Um, yes. Okay. Yes, Let's start at the top here. I had the San Francisco 49ers repeating as division winners. I had them at 13 and three, making them the two seed, uh, in the NFC. Mitch, what about you at the top? I, I had them as the one seed at 12 and four. Okay. Yeah. I think the Niners are going to continue to be good. <laughs> like unless Jimmy Garoppolo just really falls apart. I think there's an argument to be made that he should be better next year than he was last year. And an improved Jimmy Garoppolo makes this Niners team that was already really good even better. Now, obviously, they lose like a DeForest Buckner. But I still think the defense is going to be the calling card, the strength, coupled with a run, uh, a rushing attack on offense. I I don't see the Niners doing uh, much different than they did last year. No, I think that um, I, I think this. Uh, yeah, it's going to be the run game and the defense is going to get him there. Um, but I think that you're right. Jimmy Garoppolo makes a leap. Like we, there's a lot of people that knock on him because he's he's not a big stats guy. Guy's 21 and five as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he's a winner. He's a great game manager, and he learned that playing behind Tom Brady over in New England. Um, yeah, he's a great game manager. I think he makes that leap, and I and, and we see a little bit more statistical production from him. Um, with the second year of, of that wide receiver core, that very young wide receiver core. And you also have a top two tight end in the league and George Kittle there to throw the ball to in the red zone. That always helps. Uh, but coupled with the, the dominant run game and the defense, uh, yeah, this is going to be a very good team. And, yeah. And uh, they're going to be a 12 win team again. Yeah. And the addition of Brandon Ayuk on the offense, just another weapon for Shanahan and, and Garoppolo to use. Like that's going to be super helpful. Uh, there's a fun game on their schedule where they actually go to new England and I think that's going to be a day where Jimmy Garoppolo throws for like four touchdowns and like 320 yards and just kind of says, yeah, I'm that guy. And you, and you let me go, Bill, like F you <laughs> like, so right. I'm looking for, I hope that's that type of game for him and not where he's like 200 yards, two touchdowns, two picks fumbles the ball on the last drive or something. Like, I hope he doesn't get bested by Bill there. I think that'd be, that could be a fun moment for Jimmy G. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So we have one more playoff team here. And uh, I had the Los Angeles Rams and their shitty ass new logo making the playoffs (laughs) at 11 and five. Mitch, what about you? I had the Arizona Cardinals. I knew it. I knew you would do it. Getting in at 10 and six. I knew you would do it. I don't hate it, Mitch. I don't hate it. There's a real chance that the Cardinals could do that. And we talked about surprise teams, right? Like I had the Dolphins, right? A surprise team, a team that maybe a year early and kind of sneaks in and makes a run. The Cardinals are definitely a team that could do that in my mind. So you had them at 10 and six sneaking in at the seven seed. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I I had talked about that a couple of weeks ago where after the DeAndre Hopkins trade, we're like, look, they gate now. Kyler has all these weapons and they seem to always add a defensive piece when they need it most. And I think that that's still, that still might happen. Um, and I think this team is going to do enough to get the, get themselves in a position to make that playoff push. Uh, I'm not high on them. Like I'm high on the Colts where I think the Colts are just going to be a superb team. But like you said, I'm high on them. Like you're high on the dolphins where this is going to be a team that's going to sneak in and be surprisingly good. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I had the Cardinals at 8-8, eight and eight, uh, which was, by the way, last 
in the in the NFC West. I had every team at least 500. So this was definitely the best division uh, in football for me. Uh, but eight and eight for the Cardinals. But the big kicker here was two and four in divisional games. And I think that's the difference is if the Cardinals can win within the division, right? If they can beat the Seahawks, the Rams, the Niners, which is tough. That's six games out of the year. You got to play some really tough teams. If they can end up three and three, four and two in those divisional games. I think they have a shot of getting to that 10 win uh, plateau. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. All right. So um, you had Cardinals at 10 and six. Uh, what, what did you have for the rest of the division? So I had the Seahawks missing the playoffs at nine and seven. Okay. Um, which by the way, we say that I think we've said every this year for every year, they find a way somehow to get in. Um, and yeah, that may not be, that may be the case again. But, um, as far as preseason predictions go, I have them missing. I had them at nine and seven and missing as well. So it's just, it's status quo for us in the Seahawks. It's just how we do it. Yeah. It's just how we do it on the sports. I I understand this, this win total is low, but I actually really am not high on the Rams. Okay. Um, I, I had them at four and 12. What Mitch, come on now. Four now, and twelve. This like team was I, in the Super Bowl two years ago. Who do you think they are? Like the I, Jags. Like I said, I'm not. I'm, like I said, I'm not. I understand that the win total is low. Four right? and twelve. I understand. What? Four and twelve. That's what you had. That that after I picked the games, that's what I had, and I understand that that's low, but I, and and I think probably the six to seven range is is more on par of where I think they're going to be. But like, I mean, Jared Goff is shown to struggle a lot. Uh, this offense was anemic at times. Um, the defense has vastly underperformed after adding all those big name pieces. And it's, it, they're a proof. They are proof that just because you add the big name, doesn't mean you're adding the big talent. Um, and that, a a unit on the football field works better when they're cohesive, not just because you have a bunch of individual talent that's out there. And I think the Rams are the poster child for that when it comes to defense. Um, and for those reasons alone, I just, I cannot buy it. It's not a knock on Sean McVay or, it, or the way he runs a football team. It is just the fact that I don't think they have a very cohesive unit together right now. Wow. I am. Listen, Listen, Mitch, I understand people not being as high on the Rams as we did. I, I, and they have I, the 10th hardest schedule I, on the season. I see the year. argument that, you know, what we saw the Super Bowl year was maybe some smoke and mirrors, and Goff was way overperforming, and all these factors. Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate, and now he's off the team. Like, I see that, but this team has quote-unquote bad as they were last year was nine and seven and in a seven seed of playoffs like we're gonna have next year they would have been a playoff team so I don't yep. see the dis the the descent from well 13 and three right the year they went to the Super Bowl to nine and seven to four and twelve you, I just, I just, you, I just, I just, I do not I realize that that's low. I do not see that. So what I do see happening is an improvement. I think Goff had a rough year last year. I think the team had a rough year in general, but I see them shaking off that rust and playing more like what we saw in 2018. I think 
the running back situation, no Todd Gurley, maybe that's a good thing. They add Cam Akers, they have Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown. I think they rely on some sort of committee uh, like other competitive teams like the Chiefs have done. I think the defense takes a step back in the right direction. I think the offense takes a step back in the right direction. I think McVay is a good coach. I They're going to be a playoff caliber team. 9-7, and 10-6, and 11-5, and five, maybe that's the ceiling. And I had them as a sixth seed. I could see them being 9-7 and seven and or 10-6 and six and just missing out like I had the Bucks having. But uh, I just don't see them being lower than like 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight like they were last year. I don't see the descent like that. So, uh, and, and interesting. I, I, and I don't see the descent to 4-12 and 12 either. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah, but you picked it. So what do you mean? No, but you. But we have said multiple times while doing this that just because you pick this record, that may not be a reflection of where you think they're actually going to be because on paper, when you're picking these games, you think that they might lose these games. Right. And if but, I'm not high on them and I'm higher on other teams and they're playing the tough, the 10th toughest schedule in the league next year, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to be a little bit lower on them. I'm, and 4-12, and 12, like I said for now the fourth time, if I haven't said it four times, I've said it five times. I understand that's low. I really, honestly, truly think that six to seven wins is probably going to be good for them. I think I think that's about where I ha- would ha- where I would put them if I wasn't picking game by game. But I think that the cohesiveness of a unit is is important on a team. Look at look at teams like Buffalo. They're not the most talented group, but they're ta- but they're cohesive. They work. They play well together. Look at teams like like the Ravens. They don't have. I mean, other outside of Lamar Jackson, they don't have any superstars that stand out on a page. They're cohesive. They play well together. And the Rams right now don't have that. They just don't. And six to seven win. I know I had him at four and twelve. We could say it again. Mitch had him at four and twelve, and he's way off base here. I understand that is way off base. But six to seven wins seems about where I would is about where I would put them. All right, all I'm saying is that six and seven is low to me too, which is fine. Uh, you're lower on the Rams. I get that. Uh, but I think they're right. going to be a playoff team. So, uh, all right. So, AFC, we were pretty on the same page. NFC, not quite as much. Uh, like I said, in my mind, there's about nine teams, maybe 10 if you add the Cardinals, which I had like eight and eight, that could competi- yeah, compete for a playoff spot. So, there's going to be some good teams uh, miss out on the playoffs. Uh, but let's... Let's kind of look at the playoffs. Let's not worry about round by round, but uh, maybe pick some. Give me a team from each conference you think could be like the Titans last year, where they make a surprising appearance in a championship game, and then uh, we'll give our Super Bowl matchups and predictions. How about that? Yeah, that sounds great to me, man. Um, like my my surprise team for the AFC is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Um. Like I said, the cohesiveness of that roster. Uh, Sean McDermott's done a great job there. Um, I think Josh Allen turns the corner. They add a guy like Stephon Diggs. They still have that solid defense. Um, I think this is gonna this is gonna be a team that has a great regular season and rides that high in that momentum of having a great regular season into the playoffs, and it translates into one or two playoff wins and gets them in an AFC Championship game. So I think for the AFC, I'm going with the Bills. All right, and the NFC. Um, man. NFC, you know, history says otherwise, but I'm going to say that I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys. 
um, like like we talked about. I mean, this this offense is locked and loaded to put up a to score a bunch of points um, if they play to their full potential. Um, now, history since 1995 has said otherwise, where this team has just not performed well in playoff situations. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong with this team. Um, but the Cowboys seem to me like they're they're in a spot where they could. Uh, ride the high of a, of a solid regular season and make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Bills and the Cowboys as my surprise teams. All right. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go uh, – maybe this isn't a big surprise, but I'm going to go with the Colts in the East. And the reason why that would be a surprise is because we're presuming one and two at the top of the AFC is going to be Baltimore and Kansas City. So for the, Chiefs, the Colts to make a move to the AFC Championship game, they're going to have to beat one of those two teams, and that would be surprising. So I'm going to go with the Colts as a team that could surprise people and upset a Chiefs or a Ravens in the second round and end up uh, at the doorstep of the Super Bowl uh, in the AFC. In the NFC, uh, Cowboys are a very good pick here. Uh, I'm going to go with the team that did upset, get an upset in the first round, weren't able to move past that, but the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings beat the Saints last year in the playoffs in the first round. Uh, ultimately, weren't able to get past that, but this is still a pretty talented team. And they've shown to be able to face adversity in the playoffs very well. So I, I'm i going to go with the Vikings as a team that maybe shocks the world and gets a couple upsets and, and, and finds themselves in an NFC Championship game. Now, I don't think they'd go to the Super Bowl, but... I think they're a team that could maybe make some moves. And the Cowboys are really, that's that's another really good one there. Uh, like I said earlier, a team with so much offense that on the right sort of night, it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, put up more points than Dallas. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All right, Mitch, Super Bowl. Your way too early Super Bowl prediction. Who do you have facing off in Tampa Bay, and who do you have taking it home? Look, I think this team... Uh, is going to be hungry to come back um, and actually get to the big game. I'm taking Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens out of the AFC to go and finally get into that Super Bowl. Now, in the NFC, I've said already, they're too low. The five seeds probably not where they're not going to wind up. But the the New Orleans Saints, they're primed and ready. I think Drew Brees... Wants that second shot at a Super Bowl title. Give me the Saints in that game against the Ravens. Okay, so you're taking Saints-Ravens in the Super Bowl, and Drew Brees flies flies off into the sunset on the backs of a Super Bowl win. I like it. Uh, not a Super Bowl win, bud. I just said Super Bowl appearance. Oh, so I, that's what I was asking. I, I, I thought you said so. So Lamar Jackson oh. and the Ravens get it. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Ravens over Saints. All right. Close game. Close game, too. Oh, yeah. Close that game. would be a fantastic game. Mitch, I'm pretty similar here. Uh, I, I do have the Saints representing the NFC, taking out the Niners in the NFC Championship game uh, for a chance to for glory. But they're not going to get it, Mitch. The AFC is going to get it again. And it's the Kansas City Chiefs is back-to-back Super Bowl champs. I have the Chiefs over oh. Saints in the Super Bowl. Chiefs beat out the number one seed Ravens on the road to get to the Super Bowl. And here comes the narrative of Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. He's one in three. 
and he's not going to get past this, and it's going to be a thing, unfortunately. But the Chiefs and Mahomes are too hard to stop. They're getting to the Super Bowl or winning it again. That's a tough thing to do is win back-to-back Super Bowls. It is. very, very tough. It is, but I I think— It's only been done a handful of times, man. Yeah, I think if anyone could do it in this day and age, it's uh, Patrick Mahomes. And what a tough break for Drew Brees. We both had him getting to the Super Bowl but not prevailing. That's a tough look. Now, I will say, though, if he wins this second Super Bowl, this will be the last year we see Drew Brees. I think, honestly, Mitch, this is the last year we see Drew Brees regardless. I really? Think, I, okay. I, think he's, I think he's done. Unless, you know, there's some weird injuries and the team doesn't, you know, it goes 9-7 and seven and it doesn't go quite right and he thinks, I got to give this one last fair shot. But if the scenario that we predicted comes to pass where – they make the playoffs, they make the Super Bowl, but ultimately they can't prevail. I think he walks away. I don't think he would have enough energy to want to do all of that over again. That would be tough. Mm. I could see that being tough. Yeah, I mean, I could see if they're going to if they're going I guess if he makes that de- decision, I think it's going to be like in April of next year, like yeah. just before the draft. Like he's going to have to see how free agency shakes out and see like, "Hey, am I going to have enough there to do it again?" Right. Um but, you know, I think if he wins, he'll walk away. I think if they Easy. lose, it's going to be a little bit of a waiting game for him. Yeah, it would be tough. I mean, it would be a tough decision, obviously. And it's going to – I mean, you, you win the Super Bowl, that makes that decision a, a whole hell of a lot easier, right? <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Uh, but if they come up short again, which – I mean, here's the thing with the Saints. We're predicting them to go to the Super Bowl. They haven't – I mean, they haven't been able to get to the NFC Championship game the last couple of years. And they've been a great right. team. But they have they failed against Minnesota twice, you know. It's like, I, I there's no guarantee they even make it to the NFC Championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. So we're kind of predicting that they're gonna finally figure it out and win in the playoffs and, and get get all the way there, you know, with this team. Well, you could you could argue one of those years they should have been there with the no call. Yeah, it is true against the Rams. They did get to the NFC Championship game through right that year. So three out of right. I mean, that that's about as close as they got. That is a fair point. But uh, the year before and the year after, you know, obviously uh, struggling, couldn't even get to that game. So uh, interesting stuff, Mitch. But I, I, I think any of those three teams, I think you could throw the Niners in there as well. Any of those four teams are uh, are probably the 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 favorites for the Super Bowl. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Are, all right, well, that is, uh, that is, that's it for our way-too-early predictions. Mitch, is there anything else we need to add here? Uh, no. I I don't. I don't think there's anything that we need to add. I think we've uh, covered all our bases. All right. Well, uh, like we said earlier, playoffpredictors.com is how we use this. So if you are interested, feel free to do this yourself. Let us know. Uh, how it shook out for you and maybe what surprising picks you had. Did you have a really good team uh, winning four or five games? Did you have a questionable team winning a bunch of games? We'd love to find out uh, if you're interested in doing this yourselves and let us know. Uh, give us some feedback, how crazy we sound here. Uh, mainly Mitch, obviously, but it's fine. You know, uh, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding, Mitch. Yeah, whatever. I'm just giving you crap for your 10 and six bears and your, Four and twelve Rams, but oh my uh, gosh, I'm never gonna live that down, am I? No, no, Mitch, plug the plug the socials. Okay, fine. If you want me to plug the socials, I'll plug the socials. 
You can go follow <laughs> us on Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. You can go listen to us wherever you get your podcasts at. That's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get it, we'll be there. Go on there, leave us a rating and a review. Tell us we suck. That is the only way that we can get better. It is the only way that we can get better. We appreciate you guys listening. I uh, look forward to Oh, and more. make sure to get on Anchor. Yes, make sure to get on Anchor and leave us a voice message uh, and general, just give us a general little look on there. We'd appreciate it. Anchor is great. We appreciate them for hosting this podcast. Uh, enjoy your time. Enjoy the last dance. Some nice weather, and hopefully we have sports soon, right? Oh, dude, I can't wait. We need sports back. Yeah, we need sports. It's good for the people. We'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya.